Welcome to Unity Talks, where the hiring experts of Dallas-based recruiting firm Unity Search engage in lively discussion with successful business leaders to dissect their careers and how they got to where they are today, the obstacles overcome to reach their success, and steps they've taken to stay at the top of their respective fields. So listen in as we provide you with the thought-provoking conversation and ideas that keep industries moving forward. And welcome back once again to the Unity Talks podcast. This is season three, episode two. Reality of it is I really don't know if it's season three, episode two, but I was told to say that because it makes it sound more official. So I'm going with it. Season three, episode two. And if you are watching this online, you'll notice behind us, we have a major storm brewing in. So it would be really cool if we get some lightning effects and things like that. We just don't want a tornado to blow through because our guest and I are getting under this table if it does. Speaking of our guest this week, we have, and we're just gonna jump right into it because our guest today is Jenny Chrisman. Thank you so much for being here. Happy to be here. Jenny is responsible for the development and investment accounting for USAA Real Estate. So we are thrilled that she's gonna share her knowledge with us today. And as we always do, we're gonna start with how Jenny landed in Dallas. Where are you from? Why in the world did you ever pick accounting as your career field? So let's start with where you're from and how you got to Dallas and accounting. So I grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and my mama was a executive administrative assistant for a recruiter. All right, smart, she's smart. And at that was the time when women were just coming into the workforce. So women had been nurses and teachers, but they were just coming into the business world. So she told me if I wanted to go to college and then pay for college, then I needed to major in chemical engineering or accounting. I said, oh, chemical engineering, that sounds fun. (laughs) So I was a junior in high school. I took chemistry. I was like, that's not going to work, Mama. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Accounting it is. And I felt like I was pretty good with numbers. So Why in the world did chemical engineering sound fun? I don't know. I didn't know anything (laughs) about it, I guess. (laughs) Uh, Why does accounting seem like a logical choice? Well, you're supposed to answer that because I'm not in the accounting I can tell you the answer to that. And it's not because it's fun. You have to make the fun yourself. But it's because there's always a job in accounting. When times are good, they need a lot of accountants. When times are bad, they have bankruptcies, all kinds of issues. So accounting is a great career throughout your life. That's a really good answer. I can tell that your mom worked for an executive recruiter in Tulsa, Oklahoma, because she's making a deal with you. You know, she's like, okay, are you going to go to college? If you're going to do that and need someone to help pay for it, these are your choices. Exactly. Smart. Okay. So Dallas, how did we, how did we land here? So when I graduated from college from Oklahoma State University, go folks, um, there were, it was the energy crisis. So there weren't jobs in Oklahoma. So I came to Dallas and went into public accounting. Which, uh, which uh, firm? It was A-Y, I mean, E-Y. It was Arthur Young back Arthur then. Arthur Young. Yeah. Okay, yeah. very good. Very and that was another requirement. If I was going to go into accounting, they said I had to do public accounting. I had to do my tour of duty okay. in public accounting. Good because advice. they said that would set you up for the rest of your career. And I believe that that's true. I mean, even now we find it's very important to have um, public accounting experience with a lot of the people that we hire. Yeah, yeah. I think it's really good. Like. 
starting out in public accounting is very valuable. It's it, but for some, it's also that's just not the path that they choose. So you can right. find those really good people, even though they don't have the public right. accounting and background. Right. You may have to work through a couple of more and help bring them up to speed on certain things. Right. But I really do believe that public accounting sets a very strong foundation. I think it too exposes you to multiple industries. So you can figure out what you want to do and what you like and what you're interested in. Maybe it's banking, maybe it's entertainment, whatever. Mine was real estate. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted to, after I had some real estate clients and I knew that I wanted, when I left public accounting, I wanted to do real estate, which I did. And then I never turned back. I went to real estate industry in some form the whole rest of my career. That's what I was just going to ask you because I'm a step ahead of you I, every well, time. Look, well, okay. So <laughs> here's my trick question then. All right. Okay, You're right. Do you know how you and I met first yes, time? I do know how we met Okay. because you were a recruiter for a contract person that we had when I worked at Howard Hughes. That is true. That is true. But we actually met face to face before that. I guess you weren't memorable. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Wow. I'm sure you were. I still remember. Maybe it's because wow. I'm older and it's, I've lost the memory. Okay. So we were at an economic forum event that was at the Anatole right off of 35. This is like five, six years ago. That was when I met you. That was the that, first time. That we, was, but that's when I was at Howard Hughes. And yeah, Exactly. You were at Howard Hughes then and we were sitting at big round tables. And I saw you with two others and I thought, all right, I'm just going to plop myself down here and get to know these three people. And then I learned you were at Howard Hughes. One thing led to another. We've been tied at the hip since. So it's been perfect. That's how the magic happens, right? I know. Never know. <laughs> all right. So today's theme in the podcast, um, we actually have a theme that we're going with this time and it's communication is key because communication is so vital to the success of your career, whether you're graduating college, you're moving up along your corporate ladder, or you're leading people. And uh, and the other day when we were doing a pre-show prep, you know, I would ask you what what is so important to you that maybe people are lacking in, or maybe you find things that you feel like your knowledge could help people. And it was centered around communication. And so the way we're going to approach this is we're going to approach this as if we're taking someone through their career which means that we're gonna start with a new grad who graduated from Oklahoma State University. Fine candidate. Because, because they really need help communica in communication. <laughs> and, uh, and then we're gonna progress as they get to a leader. So okay. um, you're graduating from school and you're going to your interview. It's mm -hmm. your first impression. How, what are the things that you see when you interview new grads and advice you would give? So I think it's extremely important that they ask questions and they engage in the conversation when the recruiter's asking you questions or the employer's asking you questions, that you're listening to what they're saying and you're responding to what they're saying because a lot of people have their own agenda of things they want to get, get out. Mm -hmm. And I think that it's important that the people listen and communicate. Yeah, I feel like when you do that, right, you, you hear someone asking a question and we jump to the conclusion mm -hmm. of where their question is going to end. And that right. may not be the case. Right. And so we're already formulating that answer. Right. And then from the hiring manager's perspective, it's like, that's not what I asked. Right. Right. And I think it's important to be just honest and transparent, too, with your communication, because at the end of the day, if, you, if you're hired by this company, they're going to figure out if the answers weren't real. Mm. So it's very important, especially in the interview process, to make sure that you're not 
putting out information that's not accurate. Yeah. What about how we communicate and what we wear? Like this has changed a lot recently, right? Back in the day, it was, I was certainly suit and tie and, you know, and that was really, really important. And now we are finding with our clients, you know, some are like, oh yeah, just come jeans and a polo. It's good. No big deal. What is your thought? I, I think that it's important to dress professionally for an interview because you, you want to, you don't want to underdress. It's always better to overdress. So if the client's in jeans and a ratty t-shirt, that's fine, but you need to be, I mean, even if, even if you wear a coat, you don't have to wear necessarily a tie, mm -hmm. but wear a coat where you look professional. Mm -hmm. And I think it, it makes you feel confident and it makes you feel like you're important. It makes you feel those, the vibes of I've got this mm -hmm. right. When I was a kid, my dad had a job where he worked from home in a home office and he had never done that before. And he woke up every day and he put on khakis and a polo shirt and his dress shoes. And I remember one day asking him like, why are you doing that? Like you're working from home, like mm -hmm. you don't have to put, and he just said, because my conversations will be more professional, mm -hmm. I will feel better about myself, you know? And so I'm going to dress as if I'm at the office and I perform better that way. And it's interesting though, because a lot of the offices now are casual jeans and a t-shirt is totally acceptable mm -hmm. but i think it depends on the person some people that's totally how they're comfortable dressing and working in all in the whole situation other people feel like they need to dress up more to be more effective and it depends on who, who if you're going to be on calls during the day and you're going to be on calls with clients mm -hmm. versus your staff what you're wearing could make an impact on that yeah. too yeah I think so too. I think one of the pieces of advice I used to give people when I was really actively working with a lot of candidates is the first couple of days at work, uh, when you get that new job, whether you're, it's your permanent job or it's a contract job, you know, you want to be one notch ahead or mm -hmm. above in dress of what everybody else is wearing until you really get a sense and a vibe for the office on what they do on a mm -hmm. consistent basis. So just. Uh, be be wise make observations of what people are wearing because that is communicating who you are right. to your new employees coworkers. Right. but I think it's important to feel good in what you're wearing because then you have that confidence right exactly exactly I have you noticed anything like eye contact or any of these other things for new grads like is it I know we need to be doing it but have you noticed over the years a trend of eye contacts that eye contact that may be going down or zoom interviews where you are having to interview people over zoom that's it's really hard to connect i think it depends on the person because i've interviewed several people lately and they're all over the eye contact and the face and the like the facial expressions yeah. and the hand movements all on video they're all about that it just depends on the personality of the people i mean a lot of people i interview are also a little bit more introverted mm -hmm. and so they're not going to be you know quite that exuberant exuberant exactly. exuberant trying to give exactly. their energy across the table i talk about that a lot with people who when you're sitting across the table from someone you can kind of feel their energy and mm -hmm. it's easier to do but when you're on a screen it's so right. much harder and when you're trying to get that job you need the interviewer 
to feel your energy. So right. you kind of you kind of got to amp it up a little bit right. to stand out. Right. Yeah. I think so, but I think it's important to the interviewer to have a question or two that's not necessarily specifically about the job, but about something that person might be interested in that gives them a chance to show that excitement mm -hmm. and show the energy because they may not know really all that much about the job, especially if they're new out of college. Yeah. And it gives them a chance to talk about football or, or thunderstorms, yeah. whatever, the weather. Yes. whatever their passion yes. is. Yes, nice, I like that. Okay, so, okay, so we get the job, right? We, we blew them away in the in-person interview, and we are a person that wants to climb the corporate ladder, and I call those people climbers, mm -hmm. right? I mean, they want to impress the bosses, the peers, mm -hmm. they want the challenging work. Um, so let's start out with like, how do they get the challenging work? How do they express that to their leadership team? I mean, I think they need to express to their leader that that's their goal. They have to set, and the leader should be setting goals with the new hire, right? Mm -hmm. They have to have a plan to move up the corporate chain if that's what they want to do. Not everybody wants to do that, but if that's what they want to do, they need to express that. And then hopefully they have targets like for the first year, here's the things we need to accomplish to get you in that trajectory to move up the corporate ladder. If a leader hasn't approached them, we should be proactive to absolutely. approach. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I feel like that takes, I mean, that does take some guts, but that's also usually people who are climbers, they have guts enough exactly. to do that. Exactly, To take the initiative. When, when, when you are on a team environment, okay, mm -hmm. and it's a team meeting and it's in person because let's call it a hybrid office. So they're right. three days in and they're two days at home. How do you present yourself? What are the keys to effective communication among your peers as you're growing in your career? Well, I just think it's important that you're engaged. And I think the problem with being at home is you have to be more intentional with your communication. You can't just sit back and wait for somebody to call you and tell you something. You need to be work, making the effort to learn, figure out areas that you don't, don't feel comfortable in that you wanna learn about. And, and not just with in your own team, but kind of cross-functionally in the company. Reach out to other people in other areas and learn from them, learn the business from them, especially if you're at home and you're not you know, swamped with work. Use those as opportunities to learn about the business and, and the people that, you, people that you work with kind of on the fringe, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So we had Emily Grow here from Very um, with uh, Craig Story, their CFO, and she made it a point to say, when I first got this job, I went around, instead of just calling someone on the phone mm -hmm. or emailing them or instant messaging them, I went and found where they worked. And I walked over and right. introduced myself and talked to them because I wanted them to see me a real person and I wanted to connect. Um, she's a salesperson. Right. Probably a lot easier for her to do. Probably. How do you recommend account? Because that's what you're saying, right? For yeah, I think. It's, but I think it's the same thing. I think that's we talked about people just coming out of school, and I think it's really important. I mean, as much as they can be in the office, the better. If there's people in the office, mm -hmm. if you go sit there by yourself, it doesn't do you a lot of good. But if there's other teams in the office, go to the office, meet those people face to face, because that's how you build the relationships, and that's how you're comfortable calling them on teams to ask them questions or get their assistance or get them to weigh in on something. I think it's vitally important. 
I do too. I feel like I feel like as an accountant, you're supporting the organization, right? You are documenting transactions and understanding what's happening across right. the company. And often we find that whether it's operations or it's sales or someone in the field, you know, it's like, oh my gosh, it's accounting. Like, what are they going to want this time? You know, really the auditors get the worst of that. And like, oh my goodness, the auditors are in town. This right. is terrible. And I feel like it's really important for people who want to overcome that um, stigma and grow is to be pro, like take the proactive approach. Mm -hmm. Like don't wait, like you said, for them to come to you. Right. Like go introduce and show them that you're a partner. Exactly. That's exactly the word that I was going to say. You've got to make a partnership with all of those other groups. That's how, I mean, that's win for everyone because when those people realize how much accounting does for them, they're going to be calling you as much as you're calling them. Yeah, I think that is so incredibly important. And when what you're saying is is they're using their voice and they're taking actions mm -hmm. to progress their career. They're going and talking to their boss saying, hey, I want to be a leader. And then they're actually demonstrating the actions because it's one thing to say it, mm -hmm. but then you're just, you know, you're stuck in your desk all day long and you're not demonstrating to your leadership team or other people right. the proper actions to, right. to become that leader. Right. Go ahead. Uh, and I was going to say, I think a lot of people look to their superiors, either the people that they report directly to or people on further up the chain, their peers and up the chain. They look to them to kind of take cues from them as to what that communication should be. And if, and if the people up the chain are not as um, extroverted that they want so to good. make the, and like if, if they've been there a long time, they know it. They know the whole thing, so they don't have to go make these connections. Yeah. But the people that are new need to. So yeah. just because the people around you aren't doing that doesn't mean that you shouldn't be doing yeah. it. Yeah. That's actually so good because people emulate others. Mm -hmm. And they identify like, wow, that person, they've, they've obviously done a really good job. I've been in some meetings and I want to grow in my career like that person. But if they're walled off in their office all day long, um, that's okay for them at that moment in time. But I, right. I still think it would be good for that leader to get out of their office and demonstrate right. the actions that they want the team or right. the individual on another team to emulate. Right. Yeah. But if your leader isn't doing that, like what you said before, if they're not setting the goals for you and they're not demonstrating that communication, then there's no reason not to still go ahead and, and move forward and try to take those steps on your own. I've said this so many times uh, with my team, you know, sometimes they say we see people at the top of the mountain, they're at, they're at the summit on the mountain. Mm -hmm. And the teammates uh, are like, man, I really want to get to the summit of that mountain too, just like them. What they didn't see was all of the switchbacks, all of the valleys they went down, they went up 3,000 feet just to go right back down 4,000 feet right. to do all these, to finally get there after years and years and years. Yeah. And they didn't see that in action. Yeah, that's a great visual. But it happened. Right. And so that that is something that we need to communicate. No, I've been there. Here's And, and then maybe as a leader, you have to give them an example. Like, right. let me tell you, you know, people connect with stories. Right. So let me tell you something that happened with me. Learn from my mistakes. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Just like your story at the beginning, you know, it's like, hey, here's how I got into accounting and yeah. I was gonna do chemical engineering and having talked to as many clients and candidates as I've had in my career, I can't tell you how many started out, they wanted to be engineers or they wanted to be doctors. So they were going biology and they quickly were like, er, put the brakes on, we're not doing that. 
How uh, many of them are accountants now? All of them. <laughs> all of them. <laughs> all of them. Okay, so so we're talking about someone climbing in their career. Um, and, and you touched on it a few minutes ago. We are in a largely hybrid environment. Mm-hmm. Many offices are. In fact, I would argue that 80 to 85% of our clients have some type of hybrid situation that's going on. Is it harder when you're at home to present yourself as someone who wants to grow in their career because you are on a screen? And how do we communicate to people better through a screen? That's an interesting question. I I think it just depends. I think the people, like what we talked about, the people that are proactive and they're making the intentional calls and intentional trying to learn and help whether their boss or their peers or whatever I think those people have an advantage the people that are sitting back at sitting at home and just waiting till someone calls them are at a complete disadvantage yeah I feel like people who are sitting at home they um, waiting for someone to call them mm-hmm. there's this feeling of I I don't want to bother them like right. they they may be they may be playing with their kid or they may be taking the dog on a walk or, or maybe they're doing something because we can't visually see them, and so right. we just think we're bothering them. Especially for newer people, people that are it's a new role for them. They don't want to bother anybody because they, everybody's comfortable in their roles except them. Mm. So I think that it's it, again it has to be intentional, and you you have to not be afraid to make yeah. the com- I mean if people don't want to answer the call they won't answer the call yeah. but it doesn't hurt yep to make the call yeah what about what about a team environment and um and maybe you're working with the uh, I don't know the client mm-hmm. like you know should we have the the screen off you know and it's just a blank dark screen or should you flip your camera on so that they can see you like when is that appropriate? When is it not appropriate? Should it always be on? Should it not? Like, what are the situations? I think if it's a team call or if it's a, even if it's a call with two people, there's no reason not to have the cameras on. I mean, if you've had a long working relationship, it's fine. But I just think it's more personal. It's like you're there in person talking to them. I think there's a perception that if your camera's not on, you're doing multitasking, doing a bunch of other things. Mm-hmm. I think if your camera's on, then you're required to be more focused, mm-hmm. you know, and mm-hmm. paying attention to even if it's a group call, if your camera's on, you're going to pay attention because everybody's watching you. Exactly, exactly. What? Um, and so I, I would assume, based on that answer, if you're talking to a client, right? Mm-hmm. So it's not just your team, right? But you are providing a ser- you're a service provider, and you're doing the accounting, and you need to interface with them. I'm assuming you're like, yeah, the camera needs to be on. We need to be appropriately dressed. We need. I think to- you need to be appropriately dressed, but I think if you're working from home, I don't think it's necessary that you have on a jacket mm-hmm. and you're not business attire. But I think it needs to be nice, mm-hmm. not a ratty t-shirt, and you didn't comb your hair, and your bed's not made in the background. I mean, it needs to be a, a mm-hmm. professional working environment, even though it's from home. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because people are going to look behind you, right? They're going to they look do. right past you, and they're going to see, like, what like, is did Jenny? You just, did you just roll out of bed two minutes ago, <laughs> yeah. or what? What is Jenny? Right. Why is it that way? I mean, what, that, I feel like that, for me, um, when I can see uh, my teammate and I see their house and I see what's going, I feel so much more connected mm-hmm. with them. I feel like they've invited me into their life. Right. You know, I don't, right. why is that? Because they are. Yeah. You're seeing a part of them that back in the days pre-COVID, we never saw that. 
That wasn't a thing. Yeah. And now you see their puppy or you see their child run in and jump on their lap. Yeah. And you're like, they're like, hang on one second. Yeah. <laughs> right? I, yeah. I mean, I really do. Like, I love being able to see them and the environment that they, you know, it's like, you know, when you're, when you're a parent, especially a mom, because I know mm -hmm. my mom was more than this, more like this than my dad. Same thing with my wife and kids. Like my mom wanted to know where I was because she wanted to visualize me there, you know? Okay. And my wife wants to know where the kids are and what they're doing because right. she wants to build the picture in her mind. And I'm just like, cool, they're doing good. Yeah, sounds good, you know? And she's like, no, I'm building the picture in yeah. my mind of where they are. You During know? COVID, we had video happy hours, virtual happy hours. Okay. And yeah, everybody was curious about what everybody's office and work environment looked like working from home because it was such a new thing back then. This was like March of 2020, yeah. right? March of 20, yeah, 2020. Yeah, 2020. And so we would have our laptops and we'd walk around our houses and show them, here's where the wine is and here's where <laughs> the plates are and there's my dog. And, you know, so it was a great way to really see what the environment yeah. was like that they were working in. Some of them had, you know, a little tiny space back in the back corner of a bedroom somewhere, and mm -hmm. some of them had like a luxurious office. Mm -hmm. But it was great to see that yeah. environment they were working in. Yeah, because we couldn't be together right. physically. Right. That was the way we were together. Right. And finding out. And and that that's what that's that's like a glue that can keep a team together during tough times mm -hmm. such as that. Right. Right. And it allows I feel like it allows um, maybe people to stay in a job longer too because they're like no I, I feel pretty connected you're connected to the team to my coworkers. Mm -hmm. yeah exactly um I, I love that and I, I always think that's a challenge because everybody does it differently like my wife is a consultant and um she does some, she works with some IT people and because these just she's the consultant her camera's on every single time mm -hmm. and everybody else is, is completely dark like yeah. they're they are not showing yeah. themselves at all. Our CFO at USA Real Estate, when she first came, she said, she wanted to make it clear, and she, she came during COVID, and she said, I want everybody on camera because I want to get to know who everybody mm -hmm. is. She's I just can't, I can't, if your picture's not there, that's not enough, I want to see you. Yeah. So it kind of all forced us out of our shell to yeah. Yeah. be on camera all the time. All right, so let's talk to new leaders and, okay. and old leaders in general. New, old, doesn't really matter because this applies across the board. Um, so we've talked about people growing in their career. Mm -hmm. We talked about new grads. Let's switch the tables. And you touched on this a little bit by talking about leaders, okay? Leading your team and communicating mm -hmm. with your team. What are, you know, some of your top two to three tips on communication to your team? And, and it could be anything as... You know, hey, you want to communicate as frequently and as mm -hmm. often as you can because where there's a space, negativity will fill it. Right. I, what are your thoughts? I mean, I just think, well, you have to go back to the basics. You have to be honest. You have to be transparent with your team. If they don't think you are, then they don't trust you. And mm -hmm. you have to build that trust with your team. Um, as far as frequency, I mean, I, I think there's a lot of people who think knowledge is power. And so they don't want to tell anybody anything. They hold on to that information. And I'm on. I'm the opposite. I think it's important to tell everybody everything, because well, not everything, but mm -hmm. from the business perspective, yes. everything about the the business that I know, I'm happy to share with my team because it makes them better at what they do, and they have the information they need to do their job mm -hmm. better. Mm -hmm. um, they can approach you. They feel they would feel I would assume more at ease in approaching you. Because they may be sitting at home thinking, well, I don't want to bother Jenny. 
I don't want to bother Jenny. But if you're giving of your time right. and information, right, that allows that door to be open. Something I recently did, and it was a function of hearing someone else speak about it, was to schedule a meeting with every single person on my team quarterly. Because I think there's multiple levels of managers underneath me. So I don't necessarily have meetings with these people all the time, but I want them to understand that each one of them is important to me and I care about them. I care about how they're doing their job, how they're doing in their career path, what can I help them with, what can we change, what are pain points for them that they didn't really want to tell their manager, but they're, they'll tell me because they know that I can, I can make things yep. happen and make, and make solve a problem. So I think that that's been very beneficial. And, and I scheduled them for an hour, and I thought these would probably last like 15 minutes. And they last the whole hour. Yeah. The team is just, yeah. it's just like, oh, I have, I, and they have a list. Yeah. Of things, and I'm, I'm right there. I love that. But if that. you schedule the time, then they know that they have your undivided attention for an hour if they want it. Yeah. And so that's been, I think it's been very good for the that's team. That's so yeah. good. And good for me to kind of stay plugged in with them. Okay, so you hit on something there that I'm, I'm super curious about because you do have multiple layers of people underneath you. And, and let's set the business discussion aside, okay. you know, like uh, the financial statements and, you know, at your level, you should set that aside. Are you communicating differently to someone two levels below you as opposed to someone right below you? Like, is your style different or are you just Jenny Christmas with everybody? Like, what's, how do you manage that? Or should you, you should just be you. I don't think my style is different in how I communicate, but I, I think it's more my expectations from that person and how I expect them to gauge, engage with me are probably different. Like some of the leaders, they have their own agendas and they have the way they're going to speak. The younger people or, or lower down the chain, if you will, are more likely to be cautious with what they're saying and afraid of speaking. So. I just kind of try to make them feel comfortable and mm -hmm. at ease and tell them they can tell me stuff. It's mm -hmm. a safe a safe place to talk. But I don't feel like I, I communicate with them differently. They're just all, they're all my team. Yeah, yeah. I think that's really, well, because they want to see what's behind you, mm -hmm. you know, when you're at home. Right. Especially if the younger you are, you know, it's like, I want to see what Jenny's house looks like, you know, because then, and you want them to feel that connection with right. you as well, to know that, hey, there right. is an open door with me. Right. You know, I think that's so important. I, I feel like now more than ever because we may be hybrid or just just society in general because we're mm -hmm. so plugged into our phones. Right. We lose a little bit of that person-to-person -person connection. Mm -hmm. And they need to see that you have that availability for them. Right. But I try to schedule all those meetings when we're – because we're in the, on a hybrid schedule. So I try to schedule all those meetings – when I'm face to face and half mm -hmm. my team is in San Antonio. Mm. So I go to San Antonio every month or every mm -hmm. other month. And I try to do the same thing there to schedule the meetings when I'm there and can meet, cause you get a lot more, even though you're on camera, you still get a lot more when you're in, in person. person. Mm -hmm. Okay. So do you feel like you get a lot more if you did one of the meetings outside of the office? So there's the in office meeting, mm -hmm. but then there's a lunch or a breakfast or just, Hey, let's meet for coffee. You know, is there value in doing that because you really get more of them? It's more relaxed. I think there is. It kind of just depends on what the agenda is and it depends on the person. Mm -hmm. Like if it's more, if everything's going really smoothly, then heck yeah, get some coffee or, or lunch or whatever. If you need to have more serious conversations with them, if things maybe aren't going well or you're concerned about them, I think it's better to stay in an environment that's a little bit more framed 
and, yeah. and you can have those conversations. Yeah, I can totally see that. Okay, so I, I want to take it a quick uh, jog here before we run out of too much time here, because uh, I also think this is important. So whether I'm a leader or I am a climber in my career and I'm working my way up the corporate ladder, I think one of the things that we have to be careful of and when we, when we present ourselves uh, in an organization is really understanding what type of organization is it? Like mm -hmm. what's the history of that Absolutely. organization? Because I would assume that um, a startup techie cool company with flashy lights is going to be different than you know, like I know your background at USA Real Estate was a military type. Mm -hmm. That's how it was formed, which probably suit. And it was structured that way. And, and it probably so. helped you because you were really familiar with that type of. Right. And then there's all the things in between. Right. And then there's all the levels. Mm -hmm. Right. There's, oh, my gosh, what if the CFO or the CEO asked me something? But then, you know, what if my peer asked me something from a different department? It's just a lot of dynamics. There are a lot of dynamics, and it's just, I think it's important to know who your audience is, who you're talking to, what their level is, and how you speak to that person. I mean, it's about diplomacy, too, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, a person that's the CEO, you may have a real axe to grind, but that may not be the place to do it, is mm -hmm. in the hallway when he says, How's it going? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right? Um, so I. I think you, you have, and a part of that just comes with experience, learning how to read people, read their body language. You can tell when somebody's focused on something else and they don't really want to stand there and have a conversation with you. Mm -hmm. And you can tell when they go, hey, how are you doing? I haven't talked to you in a while. How's, how's, how's everything going in your new role? Mm -hmm. And then you go, hey, it's going great. Or, hey, gosh, I'd love to talk to you about it. You know, mm -hmm. I just think it comes with practice to learn mm -hmm. what those people are communicating as well. When, when, when you're looking at the company, let's say a new cool techie startup and a more of a structured framed mm -hmm. environment like USAA, how do you, like, is it just by observation? Is it research? Is it both? Like, how do you know how you need to go in? Because I would assume at USAA, it would be more of, I really need to talk to this person who will then talk to this person that's right. following that chain of chain command. Of command. Mm -hmm. You know, I just think you have to, and that's, a, part of reaching out to your colleagues and the other people in the company Great to advice. understand what that looks like and what their, it's a perception, right? It's your perception of how it is. We perceive USAA real estate to be very military based, which it is, and chain of command, mm -hmm. which it is. Um, but other companies may not be that way, or it may just be the perception. Sometimes it's not a problem if a senior accountant wants to go talk to the CFO, they go, hey, can I have a minute with you? And it's fine, right? So I think you just, it's learning from your peers and other people around you how that looks. Yeah. And what, and what the expectations are. Because yeah. they've probably had interactions throughout, especially people that have been there longer, with throughout the chain of people. And, hey, what's that person like? Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, that's how you're leveraging your coworkers. Mm -hmm. That's why you got to build a relationship with them. You have to build them. those relationships. Absolutely. Yeah, that is so good. Um, I just, you know, one of the areas when I think back on myself and, and I've, I've even mentioned it on this podcast before where I feel like, man, I've just got to get better at this because sometimes I do good. And as in everything, you know, you got your good days and your bad days and right. you're like, man, today I nailed it. I did all the things. And then the next day it's nowhere close. 
And that is when you are in the office as you're walking in, and this is probably more geared towards the leaders, mm -hmm. and you're walking in, observing your team, looking at them, or as they come in, looking at them, like, right. how do they look? How do they carry? What's their cadence? What's, mm -hmm. what's their gait? You know, do they seem happy? Do they seem not? Because whether we want to or not, we carry things from our personal mm -hmm. life into our professional life, and we right. carry things from professional into personal. Right. And I'm an expert at carrying things from professional to personal and it not going well at home. Right. I'm an expert. So that's not what we want, right? right? So, you know, that that's an area that I just, I feel like I need to do a better job of just observing every day. But I think it's important to remember that they're observing you as well. If you come in and you're face down and head down, they know, ooh, let's stay clear today, yeah. right? But if you come in and you're like, hey, how's it going? Everybody have a good weekend? That loosens it up where they know maybe this is a good day yeah. to go chat about a situation yeah. or whatever. Even if it, that's a, that's a hard thing, right? Because even if it is bad, even if it's like, oh my gosh, I got so much to do or something happened at home and it's, and it's like, oh, I don't want to do it. It's like, it's almost as if you want to sit in your car for a one count or a one beat and just go, okay, I need to leave that in here, right? right. I, I, I've right. got to put on my game face because right. my team my team needs me. They need right. to see that way. Right. And that's so hard to Absolutely. do. Absolutely. <laughs> and sometimes it's harder than other times, and you're not always going to succeed at it. Sometimes you're just oh. going to fail at it, but you just got to try to do better the next time. Yeah. Right? The next day. Well, it's getting that 1% better every day. Absolutely. Right? It's, it's that James Clear, just get 1% better atomic habits every single day. Absolutely. Okay, so, so last final question, I think, my last and final question for you. If I were to put you on the spot and say, you know, if you could sum up what we talked about today and say these are the three most important things that you found in your career that has helped you get to where you are, mm -hmm. keep you where you are, what would those three things be? Now you put me on the spot. I am. I think communication, as we talked about, is key. A part of that being honest mm -hmm. um, and transparent. I think um, one of the things that I've done as a leader, and this mm -hmm. is for leaders as much, um, is just leading from behind, putting my team out in front so they can take all the glory and I stay behind. Mm -hmm. But if there's risk, there's firing squad up there, I'm at the front taking it for the team. And I think that's critical for people to understand that that's their role as a leader. Um, third, it's a tough one, I know. That is tough. Um, it's hard to boil everything down. I think, I mean, if I'm talking to a new person or I'm talking to people and they're coming into the workforce, I think it's so important to learn the business as a whole because I think that debits and credits are not particularly exciting. But what makes them interesting is why we do what we do and, and how all that works together. Like you build it, it's really cool if you build a building, but under, and we don't care about the debits and credits, but when you see how all that worked together and you've dealt with the developers and the asset management team and the corporate accounting team, and you see how all that comes together with our business, and then we sell the building and make a truckload of money, mm -hmm. that all makes sense and it's fun. Like you gotta find the fun part of it every day. That, well, I was just gonna <laughs> say at the very beginning, that was so good at the very, you let off with that, and then your third one, which you contemplated on because you yeah. wanted it to be really good, 
that I'm walking away as the best one because you it brings us full circle. Because mm-hmm. at the beginning you said accounting may not be fun, mm-hmm. but you can make it fun. Right. And you make it fun by doing what you said. You right. learn the whole business. Right. You go out and you ask questions of of your peers, of your yeah. leadership. You know, you understand how a company makes money instead right. of just thinking debits and credits. Right. And you have virtual happy hours and dance parties. Yeah, and you show, <laughs> and you show people the dog and the wine exactly. and all that other stuff. Exactly. You know? Life's short. you got to make the most of it. Oh I mean, my. that's the thing we always talk about in our office. We're all there 8 or 10 or 12 hours yeah. a day, and they're our family. So you want to enjoy the people you work with, and you want to have fun during the day. It just doesn't have to be a grind, yeah. you know, yeah. the whole day. Well, I can tell you that you have given me things that I can work on personally when I'm communicating with my team because sometimes you feel like you're in the firing squad. Right. And then other times, you know, you're walking away just high-fiving and feeling fantastic. So you've personally challenged me just now to walk away with some certain things. And and I may not do accounting. I work with accountants and I work with financial analysts, but I also need to make my job fun as well. And fun for your team. And fun for the team. Yeah, exactly. So, Jenny Christman, thank you so much for being. It's been my pleasure. Yeah, hopefully hopefully our audience has gained as much value out of this as I have gained out of this. It's been a real treat. Again, I'll have to uh, keep keep tight at the hip with Jenny like we have been over the past couple of years. You (laughs) got the answer right when I put you on the spot on how long we've known each other. So, she's plus one on me. And to our audience, uh, thank you so much for joining us on the Unity Talks podcast. And be back here in two weeks when we release the next episode, which is going to be, I'm going to end it like I began it, season three, and that's going to be episode three. Thanks so much. If you're looking for the next step in your career or the missing piece for your team, Unity Search has you covered. Whether it's finance and accounting, tax services, information technology, or human resources, Unity Search is here for you with experienced and dedicated hiring professionals. Reach out today and take the next step. Unity Search, placing you first.